Okay. Coach, it's good to see you. Welcome back. <laughs> yes, it's been two weeks. Yes. I don't even know. I mean, maybe we've not done some type of work together for two weeks before, but I'm not sure about that, actually. I don't think so. Yeah. There's always been training. I don't, I don't or think so. No. And stuff, which, yeah. by the way, the intensive went good Thursday. Good. I actually had a couple coach moments. Oh. Yeah, just dropped a few little bombs. <laughs> but my name is Sherry Wilson. Ooh, and that was my microphone. And uh, I'm the owner of Genius Communication, and I, I help people look good, Coach. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh. yes. You better tell me about that oh. one. <laughs> well, branding mostly. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, then. You have the brand look good. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to Yeah, the rest is up to them. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know you were in the cos- cosmetology. cosmetology. Yeah. I, I like picked a- that up in the last two oh, weeks. Oh, <laughs> okay, then. Okay, well, then I'm Greg, Coach McNeil. Um, geez, and I'm just returning back from um, an ordeal, a -hmm. surgery. Mm -hmm. But I like to help people to feel good, which is what I'm working on for myself right now, right? I got a little bit of the ouchies. But other than that, that's what I like to do, help you to feel good, live long, and prosper. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So you mentioned talking about moving past abstract to concrete. Yeah. And... With what you've just gone through, that's a very real thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, share what you want to share, Coach, and then uh, I might tag along on a little statement you made in the pre-show combo. Yeah, so one of the things that was really important is I was thinking about what we call reality. Mm Mm-hmm abstract thought versus what are you actually doing yeah. right so let's just say for instance if i go i just hit the tabletop mm-hmm. it makes the sound yeah. that's a reality when it happens it makes everything else stop so we can pay attention to it right well one of the things that was really interesting is the entire time i'm preparing for my surgery mm-hmm. i'm really in a place of abstraction right i got an idea about what it's going to look like. Even the doctor has an idea about what it looks like. And so we actually set up these timetables based on what we thought. Okay. I'm really ignorant in the process. I'm like, well, you know, we're just going to go in there and get this thing done. And there it is. Mm -hmm. Well, we end up having a surgery and it was major, right? It was major and an extensive um, on my right elbow and right wrist, yeah. right? So I, I guess some nerve damage due to scar tissue from a previous event in your life. Yeah, so I had had a car accident um, some years ago when I was actually in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is something about scar tissue I didn't know. I didn't know mm-hmm. how long scar tissue took to manifest in your body. Sometimes quickly, sometimes not so fast. But in oh. terms of nerves, right... This what was actually happening in my body was building up over the the course of decade, and it got to the point where I had to go take a look at it because, you know, my nerves weren't just they weren't firing as they should um, from my right elbow down into my hand to the wrist. Well, again, the preliminary test and everything that we did, it's again it kind of like made sense, but I still didn't really have a firm idea. Nor did they. Yeah. They just knew that your nerves are not firing. What do we do? 
That's why they call it practicing medicine. That's exactly right. There's and a they, lot of mystery around it. Yeah, and they should keep the word practice because once they change the word, they'll probably be in trouble. Don't say expert, right? <laughs> Don't say expert medicine. Keep yes. it Keep it practice, yes. right? Because <laughs> if you screw up, yep. we would just practice it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, I had my surgery now um, two weeks ago today. Yeah. Sorry, could you oh. say that again? Surrey interrupted us. Anyway, go ahead, Coach. <laughs> that was funny. I was like, who was that? Yeah, it was exactly two weeks. Yeah, yeah, two weeks ago today. And so they knocked me out. We get in there. Two and a half, almost three hours later, I actually find out that I just experienced uh, a major and extensive surgery. Yeah that has a recovery period of almost two years. Yeah. Okay. I come, you know, I go in, um, I'm dressed okay when I get to the hospital. I come out and I'm like, I'm not going to be to wear anything that I wore in the hospital outside of the pants because now I got this full arm cast on and it's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's bulky because they had the way they had to pad it. So... But what was interesting is what I had mentioned to the doctor in an interview, she doubted it. Doubted what? The length of time because I told her, I said, well, the last time I did something that was a big deal for me was when I had the accident in the military. She says, well, that would be too long. I said, well, doc, I, I can't think of anything else. Well, when she got into my body and she started looking, she said, okay, this is at least eight to 10 years, mm-hmm. this, big, this compression has been going on in the body. Mm. And she was actually surprised that I was actually still able to do anything with my arm. Yeah. And so, again, so we had a situation where she's talking to me about what she think is going on, and then when she gets into the body, then she finds out what's really going on. And then that's what happened to me. But I realized it was a metaphor, really. Yeah. That's what it was. It was like, hang on a minute. So many times we think we have an idea about something, but we don't really know what's going on. Yes. And we have to be really careful. And so in this case here, what happened to me was I come out and I find out that my life is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Right. My approach to life over the next 18 months to two years is going to be a little bit different. I have to be mindful, right? Because now I'm no longer dealing with this idea of what could potentially happen. I'm dealing with what's absolutely going to happen if I don't follow certain protocols. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so what does that look like for the person who is non-surgical and they're trying to get an idea on abstract versus what we call concrete reality. Mm-hmm. Well, um, for me, it looks like this. If I told you that I had faith, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to try to figure out what I meant. Because you would have been around me enough to say, every time I see Greg McNeil... <clears throat> He does this, this, and this. And when we sit down and talk, these are the things that he has to say. Mm -hmm. So his life then is not abstract 
this is exactly the way that he's living it, right? right? So we know that he has faith in himself because of the way that he lives his life, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk to a lot of other people about faith and about dream building, vision boards, mm-hmm. or anything that they want to do that they believe is going to change their life, one of the things that we talk to them about is making sure that they really believe what they want versus living in the idea. Yes. Right? Because when they stay in the idea, nothing happens. That's like our faith is a practice. That's, that was the last episode. Yes, ma'am. Where if you really believe, I, I actually put that in my phone. I don't think I have my phone on me, but you said something. Let me see if I can pull it up here, Coach, because I wrote this down. It's such a fabulous... Um, statement that was from that podcast and uh i think i named it quotes i need to have coach greg quotes that's what i need my to do. goodness man you got a volume library there don't oh, you oh i do <laughs> here it is faith is the ability to sustain whatever action you need to accomplish or what you want to accomplish and establish habit and routine that's right that's exactly right and so when you think about it in that perspective, we have fewer things to say, right? Because the more we're talking, the more we're going to be in abstract thought. We're just talking. You know, we're talking about this. I'm going to do this. I'm going here. That would be nice. This sounds nice. Maybe, perhaps, someday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, guess what? Ten years from now, mm-hmm. you don't even even have to ask them what they're doing. They might actually avoid you if they see you first, right? Because you would have been able to look at them and know it's like, you didn't live the life that you said you want. You were just in a place of ideas, right? And so that is one of those kinds of things that we're talking to the listeners about that, you know, we all have to be mindful of. You're either living your life concretely or you're just messing around again with just more ideas, ideas that don't really translate into any meaningful experience in your life. But they're yeah. things that you just talk about. I know? think that ideas, too, and theories can be fun because the brain thrives on novelty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have a situation where you're just, you know, thinking about the things you want to do in the life you want, blah, blah, that in itself can be fun. It's when you have to put forth the effort the art of change, right? That's right. But I was thinking about something when you were talking about your surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you say we never rise to the opportunity. We always rise to the level of preparation. That's right. So when you go back to the doctor, so y'all are both discussing mm-hmm. abstra- abstract. That's right. But the abstract is sourced from an idea of how things might go because she's got some experience in that realm. Mm-hmm. You have some understanding of the mm-hmm. body and stuff, especially with the personal training mm-hmm. and things. So you're discussing what will probably be the case. Mm-hmm. Yet your gut's telling you, yeah, this is from that wreck. Right. So it may not be as minor as you think. Right. Then she gets in there. Mm-hmm. She had to have preparation to go beyond what she thought it was, right? Mm-hmm. Or you would have been in trouble and she would have been in trouble if she had gone in there and she's like, whoa, this is way beyond what I thought. I, I'm not sure I can do this. Like she had to have faith that mm-hmm. she could go in there and do the work mm-hmm. on something so delicate as scar tissue around nerves. Yeah. You know, and not really jack you up. That's right. So it's like, 
you know, preparation is a practice of faith. So if you are in the abstract, right, but then all of a sudden reality hits you between the eyes, if you've done some of the work before. That's right. It's a little bit of a different spin on what you're talking about. If you've done some of the work before, when you get into a situation that is more than you expected as far as challenge, Mm -hmm. you can pull your tools and pull your resources in to help you. Absolutely. I bet you've been doing that, huh, Coach? Because it was pretty major. Yeah. So so one of the good things was that came out of that was that my tissue was healthy enough that they could make a tunnel using my own fascia Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to bore a tunnel or a trough into one of my uh, either the ulna or radial bone, yeah. right? And that would have taken even much longer to heal, yeah. right? Um, my goodness. So <clears throat> that was a, a great outcome. The challenge that we actually had was when I gave her a date, she didn't think that date was right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is where she's talking from her experience, but still abstract because I'm not the same. I'm not one of the other 500 clients you might have performed surgery on before, right, right? Right. And it's like, so if I tell you that I don't have a history of banging my body up, right, yeah. then you want to make sure you hear that. Well, yeah. guess what? Once she got in there, she was like, okay, then. Yeah. You know, what this guy's saying is this thing has been going wild for a long time and she wasn't really, really sure. So she had to back up and her language changed. Now, you are right. Her practice gives her the ability to at least say, I can hedge my bet that I can do this work, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I'm going to say if we are practicing in the areas of things that we want to pursue, whether it be our inner work, our inner life, our material life, emotional life, there is a practice that we have, right? Mm-hmm. So we're saying that that practice is our faith, right? Yeah. So then at that point, then we're not really abstract, mm-hmm. right? We've taken the idea, but now we're working that idea every day until now it becomes a part of our life, right? Yeah. So when something happens, a big situation occurs, and we're for a second, we might be caught off guard, Mm -hmm. startled or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to the practice because that's exactly what the practice does. It doesn't stop you from saying, whoa, shiza, or whatever that word is, or, oh, man, that kind of hurt me a little bit. None of that stops. The principles don't stop us from having certain experiences. What they do is they help us to move through that experience thinking accurately, which means that our emotional body is going to be in the right place so that we know what we need to do next, right? Some things are just going to hurt. Some things are painful. Some things might cause you a little bit of anxiety for a bit. But the difference between staying in that place and then trying to figure out what happens next or just saying, okay, this is what I need to do, Mm -hmm. I'm saying is practice. It is. So you mentioned ghosts of thoughts past. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on that, especially in context of abstract versus uh, reality, concrete? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, like the first couple of days, you know, like the first day that, you know, because um, I went through the weekend, I had my surgery Friday, then I went through the weekend. So Monday, I knew I wasn't going to go to work. I was thinking maybe Tuesday I might. I know you mentioned, I'm like, coach. I did. I thought that I... I 
You know, but this is all pre... So you're an abstract because you're right. not aware. Because you have this big, huge cast on your arm, too. Yeah, but this is all pre-surgery here, though, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is... So when I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to go back to work, I'd be, be there by the end of the week. And little did I know that I come out with my arm in a long cast, and then it's angled at different positions. I'm like, what the hell is that? And so... I was like, that's not going to work. It's <laughs> <Sorry. But, laughs> so, okay, but it was it was like it just reminds me of me. Because like sometimes I'll have like <laughs> I was infamous for saying, Oh yeah, this project will only take like thirty minutes. Yeah. Three hours later, and then I'm like, Oh, oh, that's <laughs> kind of miscalculated that one. I'm it, very optimistic on stuff. Exactly. Like that. It's like, okay, then it's like, okay, you can't drive really. Then you got your dogs, and then all of a sudden I was I thought, okay, well, I'm going to be off for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, the minute that happened, well, my wife is like, well, I want you to relax. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want you to really relax. I mean, you're going to have to probably veg out on some shows or something because she says, I know you. Relax. Yeah, hers ain't theory. Yeah. that's it's concrete. Yeah, she that's knows. A, yeah, she's around me. So, you know, the first day I was like, okay. All right, sounds good. The second day, I was like, I need shit to do. <laughs> I'd be the same way. Yeah. I was like, I was like starting to like, okay, now what am I going to do? Yeah. And then thoughts started entering my head. Well, here comes the tearing of the shoes. Well, you know, you should be able to get out and do this. And you should be able to get out and to do these other things. And I realized what was happening is I was going back in my brain and... I had picked up for a time the part of my life where I would really hyperfunction. Mm. I mean, I was all over mm. the place. Even when, you, as the proverbial gas had run out of the tank, I was still doing stuff. And I had no idea that I was really driving myself in the ground because everything in my brain was, I need to get this done, I need to get this done for them because... Um, you know, there's a way that they think about me and all of those kinds of things that went through my head. And I would probably say by the third day, I was having, you know, shouting matches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know what this is right now, but I got to get a handle on it. But, but at first, it kind of snuck up on me because I was, the context was my arm. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then you get a little pain in your arm and then you sit down and then you stop and then it started to come to me again and it's like, this is yesterday's news. Mm-hmm. And I had to force myself literally just to be quiet. It was difficult there for a little bit. And once I caught on what it was, I mean, I would probably say that I was having daily conversations there for about three or four days until I got a handle on it. Because I was like, where is this coming from for me? Right? It's like, you know you're doing good work, so why are you thinking this way? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a ghost of the past. So to make make it plain, as far as my understanding and what you're saying is that like, you know, Laura Lee is like, you know, relax, rest, you know, that will help with your recovery. That's true. Blah, blah. But then you started feeling this pressure of shoulds. I should be doing this or I should do that or whatever. And so it began to really impact you to where you're happy. You're like, wait a minute. 
what is this? Where did mm-hmm. this come from? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not accurate because at that point, it's like you can't even tie your day. You can't even put on a damn boot and tie it. You can't right. even wash dishes with two hands. Right? And so, but you, if you are not used to thinking about the thoughts you're thinking, mm-hmm. you never realize when you go into something that is completely and totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, your mind will just keep working it and working it. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Should? You can't even put on that boot and tie it up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not even going to be able to wash the dishes. You have to put your arm in a plastic bag and you can barely put, you can barely Put something over your arm to stop it from getting wet. So what is it you're going to do again? (laughs) And so then you're looking at yourself in the mirror and it's like, what is you going to do again? It's like you can't even shave the right side of your face good. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to sit down and I was like, wow. And I said, and I know what I'm doing, Sherry. Now, here's the that's the part about it, right? It's like, I know what I'm doing. I mean, it's on the back of my head like a woodpecker there for a little bit. But I catch it, right? It's like, okay, Greg, stop. But then it's like. What about the person that doesn't realize that there's such a thing as an accurate thought? I had a picture in my mind when you were talking, you know, buoys that are in the water. Mm-hmm. We're not buoys. No. You're not supposed to go with just any wave that hits mm-hmm. you or any mm-hmm. ripple that hits you with thought. <laughs> like, they're, they're meant to be challenged. Okay, so while you were getting hit with ghosts, mm-hmm. ghosts of thoughts past coach, so was I. So this is interesting. Then. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, I mentored this lady yesterday, and just mm-hmm. real quick, she said, you know what is amazing about meeting with you? And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I could say this, this, and this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, no, what is it? She goes, you get me to think about what I'm thinking about. I'm like, right there. <laughs> if, if people learn that, their lives will be so much better. Well, anyway, so Coach, mm-hmm. you can testify to how much... I was unwilling to get up early. Yes. <laughs> so like seven and eight's early enough for me, right? <laughs> this is a fact. And uh, so I was like, well, you could come train at six something. <laughs> no. And uh, so that was like my attitude, right? It, and then people say, yeah, I've been up since, you know, five, blah, blah. And I'm all, yeah, whatever. I'm still sleeping, dreaming. That's good right. Good for you. <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, anyway, so I read that book, you know, the 5 a.m. club, mm-hmm. and we talked about in our intensive how I was already, want, like, my body was already waking me yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, I officially started it Good. Uh, two weeks ago this Tuesday. So last okay. Tuesday I started it. So this is my day 14. Yeah. And uh, um, I do sleep in on, like, Sundays and Mondays. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so something interesting happened, and it's the whole idea of neurons that fire together wired together and the ghosts of thoughts past mm-hmm. came like crashing in it wasn't yeah. just a ghost it was a poltergeist coach. Mm. Mm. so i get up that first day at five and i'm pretty good i mm-hmm. mean i'm i have energy i got all my work done by like 12 or 1 i'm mm-hmm. like shoot you know and then i had yeah. time for my clients and i'm yeah. done by five i mean it was wonderful yeah and uh i get up and immediately do something active and then i reflect and then i do something where i learn um i mean just great then that night, and I've done this for like 10 years, you know, when we go to bed and it's time to, you know, shut off the lights and actually go to sleep, more nights than not, I have anxiety. 
And I'm like, what is, you know, like I never like paused to really dig into it, but I'd be like, what is this? And I just kind of took it as a normal thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but I'm like, wait a minute, it may not be normal. And then I dismiss it, blah, blah. Well, then when you have to get up at five, it's not very convenient to be anxious until 12. <laughs> and then you're waking up every hour, right? And, yeah. And it, it was awful. Yeah, your cortisol levels are through the roof. So by Tuesday, I'm like, man, this is stupid. But I was able to get through and, you know, I've learned how to get my second wind mm-hmm. and stuff. By, but by Wednesday, I'm like, why am I clenching my jaws? Like I had, like my, my jaws hurt. I had like anxiety. There was an undercurrent all day long. Wow. Then that night, couldn't hardly sleep at all. By Thursday, um, I'm miserable. And um, and most people have quit at that point, mm-hmm. but we have tools. Right. We have practices. That's, that's right. So um, that night, Thursday night, was the worst night. And uh, I slept, I think, three hours. Mm. Uh, but the anxiety, like, you know, nauseous and all that. And uh, so um, I get up Friday. I'm like, this is BS. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting up with this crap, and I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you that I am going to get up at 5. Mm-hmm. So whatever this is mm-hmm. needs to go away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that mentality. Like, That's I'm right. doing this. That's right. So I, I didn't want to be miserable, though. Mm-hmm. So I sat down, and um, I actually did a – it's a neurocycle app, app by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Mm-hmm. And it was on sleep. Mm-hmm. And she – you know, was asking like when you lay down and you close your eyes, you get anxious. You know, what's your mind doing? Blah blah. My, my mind's not doing nothing. That's what the mystery is. I don't understand mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. But then when I was sitting there pondering it, I thought back to the first day. The very first day when I got up at five, it was dark. I walk out of my room and I'm standing in the living room and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. But that was my immediately my immediate thought. Oh no, I don't like this at all. So then I'm standing in my living room like, why Why do I not like this? You know, because it was weird. It was like this dread. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when I had mono, I was up all night. So that's probably what it is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I dismissed it. But ghosts of thoughts passed. It kept growing. Mm-hmm. Here's what I realized. When I was sick for a year and a half with mono, so it took me a year and a half to get better, so my body is broken down because doctors wouldn't diagnose it. Right, right. And they kept like giving me medicine that was making it worse. Like mm. Immune suppressants, mm-hmm. you don't need that when you have mono. Mm-mm. And so it went crazy and I was very, very ill. Went blind a few seconds at night. I didn't sleep for 10 days, not a week. And then um, I started having panic attacks. So if anyone has not ever had a panic attack, the only thing that you really need to know is you think you're dying right then. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep, right? Yep, yep, Mortality's yep. right there. That's right. And you can tell yourself, I'm not dying. But your body's like, no, yes, you are. <laughs> you know? And so I had them every single night at 7, they would show up. And um, the doctor later said it wasn't anything like emotional. Like you didn't get into like an emotional panic. He said, your body was fighting so hard that your brain is like, hey, we need to do something. We need to do something now. And it was like freaking out Mm. and it threw you into a panic. So that happened, I don't know how long. And so I remember I'd be sitting on the couch and I'm, I don't feel good, but I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden the panic would start. Tears would just go down my face and Mike would be like, got a panic attack. 
and I'd just shake my head. Then it would last pretty much all night, and then I'd finally get to sleep at 5 or 6 in the morning. Mm. So that happened for weeks. Mm. And uh, so when I was sitting there early, it's dark, and I and I was pondering that I was doing that neurocycle, I'm like, I, there's such a fear of having a panic attack that the first day I got up at 5, immediately my brain went to, oh, no, are you sick again? Mm-hmm. And it, it kicked you know anxiety into overdrive. And so once I realized it's not that I fear not sleeping, it's my brain is associating getting up at night with being sick and having panic attacks. So I, I made a statement. Because we've talked about that. That's right. And I would say to myself, this is not that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anytime I'd feel the anxiety, because it sometimes try to still hit in the mm-hmm. day, I'd say, no, 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 this is not that. And then um, I would go, yes, out loud. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing a brain hack, right? Mm-hmm. I'm tricking anxiety. Mm-hmm. To, it's, it's excitement. Right. And um, But, Coach, what shocked me is I've had so much progress from that time, right? Mm-hmm. Put into practice tools. I've mm-hmm. done all these things. And then just getting up at 5 a.m. triggered such anxiety. I was like, what is going on here? And so it's that principle of the brain. Neurons that fire together, wire together. And you can do the work, and then all of a sudden you got a new challenge. And then what you thought was taken care of, now you're at a whole nother level. That's right. You can quit or you can do the work and be a better person. So you just said something that is really important. And um, what we call our demons, our shadow side, or those things about ourselves that we may not like, Mm -hmm. the things that we want to divorce from our behavior or thoughts so we can go forward. Right. The challenge is... The recognition, nothing ever goes away. Mm-mm. It never goes away. You got trauma in your body. You got what something in your mind. Whatever it is, if you've experienced before, it never leaves you. Yeah. Right. So that's if you're hearing me say that, listener, it doesn't go. So you can pray all you want to. Um, what you really are learning how to do is to rise above those things that we would say are unseemly. Yeah. But it's a lost effort if you think you're going to get rid of anything that was ever once perceived in your mind. It just does not work that way. So, And this is what we're both talking about. We're saying that despite the practice, Mm -hmm. right, despite the practice, we were still beset with situations that for the most part you could say we've already dealt with, right? Yeah. But the practice itself was the very thing that allowed us to remember that we'd had already been through it before, right? So, and without that practice, we would have been out of luck, right? It's like, guess what? You're not going to be able to succeed in the 5 a.m. club because you're not going to be able to overcome that thought and that physical sensation, physical sensation that you're getting when you get up in the dark, right? Because your brain is like, no, you're not supposed to be up. You get up when the sun comes up, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, when you said that scar tissue forms quickly or more slowly, that really stuck out to me because if you think of the soul, the mind, the will, yep. the emotions, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Yes. What, when, what I went through back then and probably even your wreck, there, it was 
instant. And then there are some that just grew over time. And so all of a sudden, when you're needing flexibility or change, Mm -hmm. when you're seeking that, it's by choice, Mm -hmm. right? Or necessity, it'll throw itself up in your face. If I didn't have the tools, right? if I didn't understand, okay, this is not what's going on here. This Mm -hmm. is way back. Mm-hmm. The 5 a.m. Th- thing was abstract. That's right. I mean, I figured I could do it. I was mm-hmm. I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I had no idea what was going to happen to me. That's right. When I made that decision. That's right. And that's what we're talking about. It's that's like right. you can't answer every eventuality, you, but you, you can practice. Exactly. And there are some things I want to say that for the, for the individual, for the listener, it's really important to consider what you entertain yourself with in terms of information. Because some information is good to have. Other information, just simply waste your time. Mm -hmm. So we've heard the expression before that knowledge is power. Well, that's not exactly correct. Knowledge that has an application has power. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have a bunch of thoughts you think. You're That's in why theory. we exactly. This is why we're talking to people and it's like, "Okay, well, you've been doing this for 10 years, so well, let's talk about your desire." Well, as soon as we mention that word, they start running. <laughs> right? They start, you know, we can see the dust coming up from behind them, right? Because all of a sudden, when, when we're talking to them, they don't handle hearing or f- seeing the reality that's in their face, which is in this case right here, it's like, look, we're telling you the truth because we have to live it, mm-hmm. right? And if you're looking at our face and we're looking at you kind of funny, we're only saying to you, it's like, we're not the person you want to bullshit with. I was about to say, that's where BS ends, coach. Right? You know, yeah. it's like, look, it's like we have to live this life like you do. So mm-hmm. we practice things that work. Yeah. We're not introducing things that says, well, maybe perhaps... Maybe someday. No, we're saying if you do this, you're going to learn how to succeed in this area. Yes. And for the most part, we're talking about things that are invisible, but they operate in your life every day at a high level. And they affect your life practically and tangibly all the time. So don't be a buoy. Don't be a buoy. Just going along with the... The flow, you've yeah. got to stop and challenge your thoughts. You do. Mm-hmm. You really do because we are just, we're highly suggestible. Mm-hmm. And until people understand that, they'll just think they're smart, but they don't understand why they can't do other things. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally right now getting ready to go see some really smart people <laughs> and they're stuck. Yep. <laughs> Because it's not about intelligence. It's exactly right. It's about practice. That's exactly right. So I think we can probably stop right there. I think so too, Coach.